If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Luke chapter 7. We're going to look there today. It was known as the Roaring Twenties. Perhaps the biggest name of the decade was a man named Babe Ruth. Single-handedly put baseball on the map, making it a national pastime. The major league owners realized they needed a commissioner to oversee the game of baseball and to preserve its integrity. So in 1921, they appointed as their first commissioner, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Before Landis took the position, he made one huge non-negotiable demand. Had nothing to do with money, nothing to do with benefits, nothing to do even with power in the raw sense of the term. Here was his demand. He wanted a moral covenant with ownership that they would steadfastly support the commissioner by which they say, we will stand behind you, come thick or thin, regardless of what our individual personal feelings might be about your rightness or wrongness. We've given you a tough job and we'll stand behind you and we'll support you. There will be no knives in your back. See, what Judge Landis demanded in one word was authority. One of the greatest lessons a parent will ever teach her child is how to submit to proper authority. And the reason is this, the way over is under. I mean, there's no such thing as a life without authority. It is found everywhere you go, everywhere you look. In athletics, you can choose the game, but you don't get to choose the rules. For example, if you play soccer, you can't use your hands unless you're the goalie. If you play baseball, you can't use bats that have cork in them. If you play basketball, you have to dribble the ball as you go up and down the court. In any game, there are inherent rules. And whether you like it or not, the rules govern your behavior. Follow the rules, you have a chance to win the game. Break the rules enough time, you may not even get a chance to finish the game. And this is true in every game, including the game called life. Now only twice in the Bible do we ever read that Jesus was amazed at something. In Mark 6.6, 6, we're told he was amazed that people in his own hometown did not believe in him. And here in Luke chapter 7, he was amazed because a man did believe in him. What was it about the man that amazed Jesus so much? What, what amazed him? Even though he was not a particularly religious man, not a Bible scholar, very little spiritual depth, but this guy understood the principle, the way over is under. He understood the principles of authority. And from this guy, from the Word of God, I hope we can learn some lessons about authority today. See, first, there is a duty in recognizing authority. So to understand the reason why this man was so amazing to Jesus, we, we need to look at the story. Luke chapter 7, uh, we're going to start with verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. So the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So there was this centurion, and he had a servant who was sick, and he heard about Jesus, and so he sent some representatives to Jesus to ask him, come heal my servant. 
Nothing up to this point is particularly unusual, right? I mean, this guy wasn't the first to ask Jesus to come to a place of sickness and heal. Certainly won't be the last. But here's where the story gets a little more interesting. Verse 6. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. So the centurion comes out to meet Jesus and makes this fascinating statement. He says, you don't need to bother to make the trip. You have the authority to do what needs to be done. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. That's amazing. And to prove to Jesus he understood authority, he gives this illustration, verse 8. He said, I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I, I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. I'm reminded of a student from China who was studying in an American university and constantly boasting about his mastery of the English language. And one day he told a fellow student, I know English very well. I can say to a person, come here, and he knows what I mean. And the student said, well, suppose you want a person to go over there. What do you do? Well, the Chinese student thought for a moment. And he said, well, I will go over there and I will say, come here. <laughs> See, this man understood Jesus had authority because he was under authority. He said in verse 8, I am also a man under authority. He recognizes Jesus was over because he too had learned to be under Jesus had authority because, well, he was submissive to authority. So we need to understand all authority ultimately comes from God. All right, Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, who gave all this authority to Jesus? What well, was his heavenly Father? Because all authority comes from God. God has built authority into the very fabric of the universe. For example, the authority of government comes from God. Now, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. And Jesus illustrates this principle. He's standing before Pilate. Right? And in John 19, Pilate says to him, you do not speak to me? Do you not know I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? <laughs> and here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, reason he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. I mean, it makes no difference if it's a democratic form of government, a monarchy, or a dictatorship. All political authority comes from God. God also placed authority in the home. I heard about a man, he was talking to his wife, and they got into this heated argument. He said, I'm going to find out who the boss of this house really is. And his wife quietly said, you'd be a lot happier if you don't. <laughs> but you see, God placed authority in the home. That's why the God calls the husband to be the head of the household. 
And he says, wives, submit to your husbands because what you're really doing is submitting to God. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 22, he says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The same is true of children. Children, when you obey your parents, you're really obeying God. He said in Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents to the Lord for this is right. See, our kids need to be taught early and often to submit to proper authority. Honestly, it's a lesson that we have to continuously teach and continuously learn, even after we become adults. The great basketball coach, John Wooden, had a rule against facial hair for his players on his UCLA basketball team. And one day, his All-American center, Bill Walton, came to practice after a 10-day break, and he had a beard. And Coach Wooden said, Bill, you've forgotten something. He said, Coach, if you mean the beard, I think I should be allowed to wear it. It's my right. And the coach said, do you believe in that strongly? And Walton said, yes, I do. And Coach Wooden said, Bill, I have great respect for individuals who stand up for things that they believe. I admire anyone with deep convictions like you have. And the team is really going to miss you. Well, Walton went in the locker room, and 10 minutes later, the beard was gone. So you have to understand, the, 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 re, the issue was not facial hair. It wasn't having a beard. The issue was authority. And Coach Wooden was teaching him a valuable lesson, that there is a duty to recognize authority. There's also a danger when you resist authority. Paul said this in Romans chapter 13, verse 2. He said, consequently, he who rebels against authority is a rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. Rebels reject authority, refuse authority, and therefore they do not receive authority. If there's one thing that God's word teaches us, it's this. God deals with rebels. (laughs) Always. I mean, for example, you can go to the top of the Empire State Building and announce to the world, I don't like gravity. Not into gravity, never have been, never will. I don't like the thought of what goes up must come down. I refuse to submit to the authority of gravity in my life. And you can leap off the Empire State Building and jump and wave your fist in the face of authority of gravity all you want. But in the end, it will be undeniably clear that whether you buy into gravity or not is irrelevant. The rule is the rule, and you will pay a price if you try to break it. See, I believe that what we're seeing happen in schools today, homes today, society today, is the direct result of a breakdown in authority. An article in the U.S. News and World Report said, uh, the title, The Selling of Rebellion, said this, Most people probably try to ignore TV commercials as much as possible. But a closer look reveals that some of the most important cultural messages are being filtered out. One noticeable trend is a call to rebellion. For example, a Susie Rodeo commercial says, The world has boundaries. Ignore them. The message is clear. Rules are bad. Breaking them, good. Foster Grant Sunglasses says, No limits. Outback Steakhouse, no rules, just right. NFL video game says no rest, no rules, no mercy. Merrill Lynch and others have pushed the no, no boundaries mantra. 
And the problem with all of this, when you refuse authority, you cannot use authority because you lose it. I mean, you know why the reason that some fathers can't control their children? Because they refuse to get under the authority of God. If you're not under authority, you can never really be in authority. The reason some mothers can't control their children is they refuse to get under the authority of their husbands. The reason why teenagers are sometimes depressed and have trouble in relationships and get frustrated and angry is because they refuse to be submissive to the authority of their parents. If you're not under authority, you'll never really be in authority. And the trouble of this world began back when Adam and Eve rebelled against authority. Israel was exiled from the promised land because they rebelled against authority. King Saul, Israel's first king, lost his crown because he rebelled against authority. In fact, here was God's message to Saul in 1 Samuel. He said, rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of adultery because you have rejected the word of God. He has rejected you as king. In fact, the only reason that people go to hell is because of rebellion against authority. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 3, verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. See, mark this down. Rebellion ultimately always (laughs) faces the judgment of God. So there is a danger when you resist authority. But there is a delight when you receive authority. Let's finish Luke chapter 7 verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And he turned to the crowd following him and he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. It's so amazing. I mean, the miracles that Jesus did not do for his own Jewish hometown, he did for this Gentile stranger because he accepted authority. You know, this centurion was truly the man who amazed Jesus. He was astounded by this man. He looked at him and he said, you know what? You get it. You've connected the dots. You understand this principle of authority. He somehow understood the way to be in authority is to be under authority. Nobody denies Jesus had authority. I mean, he proved it. Right? He had authority over disease, and he healed the sick. Authority over demons, he cast them out. He had authority over disaster. He fed 5,000 men and women and children with just a few loaves of bread and some fish. He had authority over death. He raised the dead. He had authority over anything and everything. And you know why? It's because he was a man under authority when jesus was on earth he was under the authority of god the father john 17 4 he said i glorified you on earth having accomplished the work which you have given me to do he submitted to the leadership of the holy spirit luke 4 1 tells us jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness even as a child he submitted to his parents authority luke 2 51 and he went down with them Mary and Joseph, and came to Nazareth, and he continued to in subjection 
to them. See, you will never be over until you learn to be under. You'll never be in authority until you learn how to get under authority. Let me show you how this truly worked out in the life of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 contains one of the greatest passages in Scripture about the earthly Jesus and the heavenly Jesus. Philippians 2, starting with verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of his servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, there is Jesus under authority. Right? <laughs> I mean, he made himself nothing, became a servant, a human likeness, found in appearance as a man, humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. But listen to the next section, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now you see Jesus over. Because he humbled himself, because he became obedient, God exalted him. God gave him the name above every name. See, understand this. Authority is not a chain that binds you. It's this key that frees you. So let me ask you. Do you want authority in your life? Do you want authority in your prayer life? Do you want authority over the devil? Do you want authority over sin? Do you want true authority over your children? Do you want to be the right kind of authority at work? Do you want to be all that you ought to be? To do all that you ought to do. If that's true, then lesson number one, you have to get under whatever authority God has placed in your life. And that begins with God himself. I mean, if you have surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the authority of God, then recognize the authority that you have. Because when you let Jesus take control of your life, when you get under his authority, you'll then have authority to walk and work, and witness, and worship the way you were created to. Because the way over is under. So let me just ask you, as we close this morning, do you need to get under God's authority? Because the way that do that is to surrender your life to Him. If that's what you desire this morning, to give your life to Him, then, then come. Come after service and talk to me. Stop by the church's visit with me. Let this be the week you release control over to God and do, the way, do things the way He desires. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for the faith of this centurion. He was able to recognize the authority of Jesus and submit to it. So Lord, help us each day to submit to Your authority. So that everything we say, everything we do will be according to your will, to the way you created us to be. Thank you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.